Hi, this is Trip, and I just took a trip to the movies, which is my name, and it's also the name of this podcast. But I'm actually lying to you. I did not take a trip to the movies because what I watched is The Suicide Squad, which is available on HBO Max for no additional cost. It's also in theaters, but I made the decision that any sane man would make, and I watched it from the comfort of my own home for free. And if it hadn't been for free, I don't think I ever would have seen this movie. In fact, when it was announced and before this whole HBO Max streaming deal went into place, I figured that I would never watch this movie. And that's because I have some trauma from the last time they tried to make a movie about the Suicide Squad. I was about 11 years old when all those Comic-Con trailers came out. One of them, that famous one that plays Bohemian Rhapsody in the background while all the Suicide Squad members are fighting zombie-looking bad guys. Will Smith is in it, for God's sake. But I was very disappointed by that movie. In fact, to this day, I don't think that I've ever been more excited to go to the theater and watch a movie in my entire life than when I was 12 years old and I saw Suicide Squad. I remember I saw it with my dad and my uncle. And we left the movie, and I remember it vividly. We left the movie and we went straight to IHOP, which was, and to this day, is my favorite restaurant. I ordered the Cinestack, my favorite thing on the menu. It's like a pancake, but it also has cinnamon. It's really good. And I took that first bite and I started crying. I started weeping, in fact, because of how disappointed I was in the movie that we had just seen. I, it's hard to even call Suicide Squad 2016 a movie. It's more of a music video, trailer. It's, it's kind of like that abstract art that you see in art museums where it's a lot of buckets of paint painted on one canvas, but it actually has no meaning unlike those abstract pieces of art. It's nothing, just a lot of things coming together. Uh, David Ayer, the director of that movie, he has been complaining on Twitter for years about how Warner Brothers and him didn't agree on a singular vision for that movie. So that's why the movie isn't really a movie at all, more of just things happening. There's no one coherent story going on. It's one movie that Warner Brothers wanted to make, one movie that David Ayer wanted to make, and then a whole other thing that the editors decided to make. The editors of Suicide Squad were actually... Uh, workers of a studio that makes trailers. That's why the movie sucks so very much. It's filled with needle drops of Eminem songs, 20 What Pilot songs, Queen songs, but they're on screen for like five seconds and then you cut away to a whole nother character with a whole nother famous song playing. The whole thing is a mess. Jared Leto is in the movie. He plays the Joker, which is hilarious. And I also think Jared Leto kind of looks like Miley Cyrus. Please retweet if you agree. Other than that, you've got Will Smith in the movie, and if you know me, you know that Will Smith is one of my favorite people on planet Earth. He plays Deadshot, and he gives one of the most famous lines in movie history in Suicide Squad when he says, so that's it, huh? Or some kind of Suicide Squad. And I remember thinking in the theater, that's right, Will. You are some kind of Suicide Squad. Thanks for telling me. But this new movie... Uh, although some of the characters from that first movie return, not many of them do. It's barely part of that movie at all. There really is no connection other than this movie, 2021, kind of making fun of the one from five years ago. And the only reason that I decided to watch it, besides the fact that it's free, 
The thing that gave me hope was that it's directed by James Gunn, and he has a terrific track record for making superhero movies. In fact, he has a terrific track record for making these types of superhero movies. He's the director of Guardians of the Galaxy in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And I have yet to meet a person that doesn't like those movies. They're some of the best Marvel movies. And, much like The Suicide Squad, that's a team of morally ambiguous criminals that come together to save the world. So I think, you know what? Maybe this is going to be all right. And the fact that James Gunn is directing The Suicide Squad in the first place is really odd. The circumstances behind it are weird. If you don't know, a couple years back, James Gunn got in trouble for some decade-old tweets that he made that were jokes about pedophilia, which is not good. He was fired by Disney, and some people were happy about it, some people weren't. Some people said, what, you're not going to let James Gunn make Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, really? Because everybody loves those movies. But some people thought he needed to be held accountable. I'm not going to weigh in on that, but the fact of the matter is, right as he was fired by Disney, DC stepped in, Warner Brothers, and they said, we'll take him because they needed a serious change of leadership at that point. Not only is Suicide Squad from 2016 atrocious, DC has kind of had a bad streak of movies the past couple of years. They made Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, which is garbage. And in 2017, they came out with Justice League, which is also equally, maybe even more, garbage. But the past couple of years, they've had some... They've had some good movies. 2019 brought Shazam to theaters, which I saw in theaters three times. I love that movie. If you don't like Shazam, I don't like you. And then last year, they made Birds of Prey, the Amantifabulous blah blah blah. It has a long title, but it's about Harley Quinn, and it was the best superhero movie of 2020, which isn't saying much because everything shut down after April. But still, in the era of superhero movies where we've got about 10 of them coming out every year, to be the best in a 365-day span, you know what? That's an accomplishment. So I thought, maybe The Suicide Squad from 2021, maybe I won't be disappointed by it. Maybe not. And you know what? I was kind of right. I watched it alone today in my apartment, and I was warned by my dad. He knows how disappointed I was by the original, and he watched it without me the other day. I was in Chicago, and he told me, that he thinks I'm going to be disappointed by it. But I watch it, and the reasons that he gave for why he was disappointed by it, which are basically that the movie never takes itself seriously, it breaks the fourth wall constantly, all of the characters are practically looking straight into the camera, making fun of themselves, and it is a little corny. Sometimes it doesn't work extremely well, especially in those first, the first hour of the movie. It doesn't work as well as maybe I expected it to, because it takes some adjusting to get used to it. But those last two acts are great. And I'm going to talk a little bit, of, this isn't going to be too long, but I'm going to talk a little bit about what I mean exactly. This movie is not a linear story. It takes place in two different timelines because there are two different teams of suicide squads going on that infiltrate this beach in the first 20 minutes of the movie. And both of those teams are overseen by Amanda Waller, who's played by Viola Davis, who is a returning character from the first movie. And one of those teams, which, you know, this isn't giving away too much because it happens within the first 10 minutes of the movie, but one of these teams is completely wiped out. Every member of the squad is killed, 
and it is pretty funny. But then the other team, which is introduced about 20 minutes into the movie, right after we see that first team get completely obliterated, the second team is introduced. And this is the team that we follow for the rest of the movie. And it has some new characters, like I said. We've got Idris Elba playing Bloodsport, who basically is the replacement for Will Smith's dead shot. He's got that same story going on where he's got a daughter who isn't proud of her dad because he's a criminal and he's in prison. But his daughter got in trouble because she stole some smartwatch. So Amanda Waller, who oversees all of these prisoners, kind of blackmails Idris Elba's character into joining the Suicide Squad because if he doesn't, she claims that she's going to kill his daughter, which is something that's very frowned upon these days. Another one of those new characters is John Cena. He plays a guy called Peacemaker, who is kind of like a making fun of Captain America type guy. He says that he will do anything to make peace in the world, whether it's killing everyone on the planet just to achieve peace. It's pretty funny. And then we've got Joel Kenneman as Rick Flagg. He's a returning character from the first movie. He's not one of the prisoners, a criminal, who's only fighting for the Suicide Squad to reduce their prison sentence. He actually oversees the entire group. He's like a mercenary. You've got Sylvester Stallone, who voices King Shark. King Shark? A cartoon shark who likes eating people. He's a shark. And he's voiced by the guy who played Rocky. It's incredible. Other than that, you've got a couple of other characters. The heart of the movie, according to James Gunn, is a character called Ratcatcher 2, who is a girl who can control rats telepathically and with this machine. And then you've got Polka Dot Man, who literally shoots polka dots out of his costume. And the reason that he fights is because he can picture all of the bad guys as his mother, whom he hates, and so it's easy to kill them. This movie is absolutely ridiculous, and it's exactly the movie that I needed when I was an 11-year-old boy, even though I'm almost convinced that I would not have been allowed to see it when I was an 11-year-old boy, because unlike that other Suicide Squad movie, which kind of panders to all different types of audiences, it's rated PG-13, I remember all of my 6th grade friends took their 6th grade girlfriends to see it, so it's not like an adult movie. This movie, on the other hand, is rated R, and they say the F word. There's blood. You see the cartoon shark eat a person and rip him in half. And that helps a lot with this tone of all of these misfits who become superheroes, that really helps you believe it. Because in the 2016 Suicide Squad movie, you've got Will Smith and Harley Quinn. They're always saying, we're the bad guys, remember? We're the bad guys. We're the bad guys, right? Don't become the good guys. I swear to God, they say that in the movie 20 times. I remember sitting in the theater, and I even turned to my dad, and I said, we get it. You're the bad guys. You're the Suicide Squad. I understand it. But in this movie, you don't really have that problem because you can believe these guys are bad. They say the F word, which is a sinful thing that only villains would do. <laughs> but other than that, the movie is very unique. It's not like other superhero movies that come out. And that's hard to do nowadays because, like I said earlier, you've got like 10 of these movies coming out every year. Superhero movie after superhero movie. I'm a Marvel fan, but let's be real. All of those movies are pretty much exactly the same. You've got a noble person. Something happens to them. They become a hero. They learn. They become a better person. And they beat the bad guy. And there's nothing unique about them. For that formula, truly, it works very well. 
but none of the movies have any visual style. All of the dialogue is cookie cutter. You know exactly where the movie's gonna go. And this, The Suicide Squad, is nothing like that. I will admit, the visuals, while they are very good, don't get me wrong, there's one sequence in the movie where Harley Quinn breaks out of this uh, mansion-type thing and she kills a bunch of people and there's flowers in the background and cartoon characters, and it's very colorful and it's beautiful. The scene is great. But this movie doesn't have as many of the colors as James Gunn's other movies, Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2, especially Volume 2, because they spend their entire time on that planet, which is just beautiful. They've got uh, lush colors. That's almost like a painting. That movie, seriously. If you, if you haven't seen Guardians of the Galaxy 2, I like it more than the first one. But anyway, in The Suicide Squad, you don't get those characters, or those colors, rather, I should say, as much as you do in Guardians of the Galaxy, because it's not a cosmic movie. You're not spending any time in space. You're in the real world, and uh, honestly, I do prefer the lots of colors, but this story doesn't lend itself to that sort of thing. It's uh, A lot of the movie is very gray and white, but a lot of the whites and grays are very pronounced, and James Gunn does a great job with his directing. His visual style is sharper in this movie than I've ever seen from him. You've got a lot of quick zooms and pans across the screen that really punctuate the action that's going on. The first scene of the movie, you've got Michael Rooker, who plays Yondu in Guardians of the Galaxy movies, and he also plays Merle in The Walking Dead, if you're familiar. He's a southern guy. He's great. Uh, but he's one of the members of that first Suicide Squad team in this movie that gets wiped out pretty quick. But the first scene of the movie, he's bouncing a ball around in his cell, and he throws it across the walls of his prison cell, and it hits a bird, and it kills the bird, and it, it, it's awesome. The camera pans, and it goes so quickly, and you're like, wow, I really feel like the ball is truly moving. That's 3D for you. But other than the colors, uh, this movie is, I would say, James Gunn's sharpest script. It never takes itself seriously. The characters are constantly making fun of themselves, and I think that a huge part of that is actually the R rating. And now, I'm, I'm one of those people that doesn't think that you need to be R-rated to be good, of course. I don't know really anybody that is like that. But these last slew of R-rated superhero movies are able to do things that those PG-13 ones aren't able to do. Deadpool, obviously that movie needed to be rated R so that the character could really shine and be faithful to the source material. And then Logan in 2017, which is that Wolverine movie, the last one they made, uh, it's, it's bloody and gory and you feel more connected to the action that's going on on screen, and that connects you more to the character of Logan in that movie. And in The Suicide Squad, it's more of a Deadpool R-rated situation, but like I said earlier, it makes you really believe that these are misfits. These guys are criminals, and they're only fighting because they absolutely have to to cut down their prison sentence. And the movie takes full advantage of not taking itself seriously, especially with the John Cena Peacemaker character. He's constantly making fun of himself, practically looking into the camera while he does it. Idris Elba probably takes himself the most seriously, but even he is completely joking around the entire time. But even though the movie doesn't take itself very seriously, it surprisingly tackles some pretty serious topics, unlike most modern superhero movies, I would say. I guess you have Avengers Endgame talks about grief. All of these new Marvel shows are all about grief, grief, WandaVision. It's all about grief. That's all you hear people talk about. But this movie is talking about things that are not often addressed in superhero movies and really any big-budget blockbuster movies. I'm not going to give anything away, but towards the end of the movie, there's sort of a twist about who the bad guys of the film 
really are and who's behind it all. And as an audience, you're kind of forced to grapple with that. And different characters of the Suicide Squad take different sides of the argument. So you actually have some third act conflict going on, which never happens in superhero movies anymore. You know that the superhero or the superhero team, they're going to win and nobody's going to die. That's the main problem with superhero movies nowadays. There's no stakes. You know that if any of the superheroes die, they're going to be brought back in the next one. But in the Suicide Squad, because there really isn't one main character, I guess Harley Quinn, played by Margot Robbie, sort of the main character, but there really is no one character that you're supposed to be fully attached to for the whole movie. In fact, the movie jumps around so much that you're never spending more than 15 minutes at a time with one person. And because of that, the stakes are a lot higher. Maybe you're not as attached to these characters as you would be with a superhero movie where the entire movie is focused on them, but you think, well, since they haven't developed this character and it's not a known property that's going to make a ton of mo money in their own solo movie, maybe they're going to kill these characters off. And they absolutely do. I was surprised at how many characters actually die in the movie, and sometimes it's effective. Sometimes they play it off for laughs, but towards the end of the movie, and like I said, I'm not going to give anything away, but towards the end of the movie, when you have some of the main characters of the Suicide Squad dying, it's pretty effective. I was a little sad. I could see myself going to IHOP afterwards and maybe shedding a tear, maybe even two. And of course, the comedy is as good as any superhero movie ever. Any James Gunn movie is going to be funny. You know the Guardians of the Galaxy are funny, and this movie is funny too, and the R rating definitely helps a lot with that. And let me be real, at the end of the movie, the Suicide Squad's main enemy is a giant starfish. It's a giant starfish. It's a starfish that's really big. That's who they fight at the end of the movie. It's a giant... Did you? It's a giant starfish. You know? Really big. But anyway, this movie isn't perfect, of course. Like I said, you've got some, you've got some corniness that goes on. James Gunn, I can tell. He likes making movies about father-son, father-daughter relationships. And sometimes it works, but in this movie, there were a couple times where he's got some corny things going on where I think you're supposed to be emotionally invested in what's happening, but it's really just more cheesy than anything. But what movie is perfect, especially a big-budget blockbuster like this? I think for a superhero movie, and an action movie especially, this movie's got a lot of emotional beats that really work, and the action is actually visible. Unlike these movies in theaters right now, G.I. Joe Snake Eye Origins, first of all, who asked for that? What studio executive walked into the room and said, you know what I think the American people want right now? I think they want Snake Eyes, G.I. Joe Origins. Who did that? Truly. But all I've heard about that movie is how shaky the camera is and how quick the cuts are, and you can't even comprehend what's going on on screen. Who's punching who? Who's fighting what? But in The Suicide Squad, you can always tell what's happening. James Gunn moves the camera with purpose. Most of it is wide. You have a couple long-take action sequences, especially the Harley Quinn one that I mentioned earlier. It's just her fighting a bunch of mercenaries, and it is gorgeous, and you can see everything that's going on. You're laughing, and you're rooting for her, and it's great. The action is good. The comedy is good. The emotional beats don't work all of the time, but I think towards the end of the movie, when you have spent more time with these characters... It works pretty well. And also, 
the movie doesn't do what I feared it would, which is wrap everything up in a little nice bun, nice, nice little bow, for everything to work out perfectly for all of the characters. Like I said, a lot of them die, and even the ones that live, it, it's left kind of morally ambiguous what they do at the end of the movie, and it has you thinking a little bit, and I like that a lot. When you compare The Suicide Squad to other movies that you could watch right now, first of all, if you have HBO Max, there's no reason not to. It's free. Watch it. Form your own opinion on it. But even other movies in theaters right now, The Suicide Squad, far and away, especially for a big blockbuster, is what you want to see. Do you really want to see Jungle Cruise? Do you really? Really? I love The Rock. And fun fact, The Rock claims that he showers three times a day. If that doesn't make you love the guy, what will? Probably not watching Jungle Cruise in theaters. Old, which is an episode that I already did with a good friend of mine, Gavin. If you haven't seen that episode, check it out. Old is funny, but it's a bad movie. It's funny bad. Black Widow is still in theaters right now, and that movie is as bland as they come. And then, of course, you've got The Green Knight, which I haven't talked about yet on this podcast, but I think I might do it because of how absolutely different it is as a medieval story, but it feels more modern than anything I've seen in a while. And that's why The Suicide Squad, if you're looking for a big-budget action movie rather than an art house piece or a big-budget action movie that sucks, you can either see it in theaters on the big screen and catch those beautiful visuals, or you can watch it at home like a sane person for free. This has been Trip to the Movies. Thank you.